0: This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report.
1: At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, relax, Grab a cold and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to the Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold, Commodore Nation. Anchor down. The drunk girls scream and shout we love it we hate it we're all just to make it in this crazy
2: town we're happy to welcome in Gavin Schonwald uh, the Brentwood kid the, the kid from Brentwood that's what Andrew Allegretta uh, would call him on on, uh, on the broadcast so I thought that was that was pretty cool he did that for uh, a couple guys on the team so uh, Gavin Schonwald of course played at Brentwood Academy uh, you know Nashville native and uh, of course, grew up a Vandy fan. And, and you know, he, he's the perfect player to talk to in terms of the, the, the growth within this program with Coach Lee, but he played under Coach Mason as well. So, so we'll dive into a lot of that. But Gavin, thanks so much for taking the time, man. Yeah, boys, happy
0: to be here. I'm really excited for this.
2: Gavin, I want, I want to start with uh, something really simple. And, and you know, it's, it's life after football. You know, and a lot, a lot of players I've talked to say it's definitely tough. It can, it, it's different than than what you've been going through the past, you know, five years of your life, especially playing in high school. So I'll go ahead and start there. How's life after football been at Vandy?
0: Uh, it's good. Well, for now, I'm 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 training, um, you know, for, for pro day and all that kind of stuff too. So I'm still technically around football and um, training and such. But there's there's such a difference between training uh you know for pro day um you know towards being a professional athlete than it is your experience um as a college athlete in college you know like you're this and this is everywhere not just vandy this is literally at every single school in the country is you know you're you're a college kid with who has athletic football talent and they just try to grind you the stone and try to see how much they can get out of you and 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 what i'm doing now is so much more individual focused um you know speed power all that kind of stuff when it's it's just a little bit different than when you're jumping in with with 90 guys in a workout in the summer running every step of uh first bank stadium but um but no it's good it's 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 i'm still in school at owen i'm getting my master's in marketing and, and doing all that right now and so uh that that's still always keeps me just as busy but i definitely definitely miss the boys and every time i I see somebody who's, who's still a part of the program. I'm, I'm constantly asking them questions. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, wanting to know what's going on. And and I think no matter what happens, I'll always be, you know, a huge supporter of our program.
2: So you, you had another year of eligibility uh, technically, I guess what went into that decision for you? Um, It's, it's probably kind of crazy people sitting here realizing you did have another year of eligibility technically, but um, I know looking back last year, w- was probably a tough decision too uh, you know, to, to kind of counter, what you know what you wanted to do. So, what what went into that decision for you to ultimately declare for the draft and and kind of hang up the cleats on West End?
0: Yeah, well, I think, like you said, let's go back to uh, a year ago of this time. I guess a year ago of December, I was trying to figure out if I was going to come back for my fifth year, and um, and you guys know just how crazy college football has gotten and how you can just seem to say you're going to go here and all of a sudden you have a locker at XYZ school. And, um, it's just wild. It's crazy. And so, you know, there were, there were some points where, where, you know, people reached out to me and and stuff like that about trying to get me for a fifth year or, or of somewhere else, or, you know, exploring if, if somewhere else was, was a good option. And I think at the end of the day, man, I'm, I'm a door for life. And, um, and I, at the time and still do, but really, um really, really believe in Coach Lee's vision for the team and the program and, and I love playing for my position coach and um, all signs pointed to, to come back to Vandy for the fifth year. And so super glad, super glad I made that decision. Um, obviously we had we definitely had a building year and uh, definitely looking forward to, to visiting you know coach and the boys in the bowl game next year.
3: This may be a little bit more of a general question here, Gavin, and thanks for taking the time to join us here. But you experienced college football not only in kind of a tumultuous stage within the Vanderbilt program, but a lot of change in how NCAA football works and how it operates with the transfer portal for a year of eligibility um, once and and in the graduate and once you graduate and and you pursue your graduate degree. So from a player's perspective, what has that change been like, I guess, in the locker room and off season and and what is what is it like in general, just with this kind of what seems to be on the outside, kind of a free agency a little bit in college football?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Will. Um it's it's actually it's wild. And I think that um, you know, before this is something that I said during my freshman and sophomore seasons when the transfer portal and all this free agency, as you said was not really a thing yet is, you know, the biggest difference between uh, like the camaraderie of high school football versus college football is in high school, you know, you grow up with those guys, you know, what's going on and in college football, you know, you're hanging out and going through your workouts. And all of a sudden there's some guy in the locker next to you and you're just like, Oh, I guess he's on the team now. And now that is like every day, at every school in the entire country times 10. Right. And so, um, You know, I think, I think it's, it's, it's just, it's night and day difference from what I experienced in college football is changing. And I think that, you know, a lot of teams formulas, you know, to recruit high school players, develop them, turn them into this, uh, the formula has got to change a little bit. And it's the truth of, of um, it's the sad reality. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of it. I, I also think because of this, honestly, uh, you're kind of going to, you're going to see those like campus legends disappear. The Tim Tebows, Colt McCoy, Vince Young, like th- those, those stories aren't really going to be there anymore because people are just going to be jumping from program to program, which, which I hate. Cause that to me, that's what college football is all about. Um, you know, let the pros be pros and jump to whatever team they want and college football. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Bryce Young may be, be the last one we see, honestly, of some guy who was, you know, recruited somewhere developed and then, um, you know, walks out a Heisman Trophy winner at the same school he was recruited to as senior in high school, and um, yeah, it's 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 totally different. And you know, if you would have told me my freshman sophomore year that it ended up like this, I would have told you you are crazy.
4: So who knows what it's even gonna look like five years from now? Yeah, Gavin. Hey, just want to reiterate again, thank you uh, so much for joining us tonight. We're all huge fans of of you and the and the program in general. Um, sort of piggybacking off what Will said, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit. How you grow in friendship with one another through going to workouts, classes together, obviously games. Football, the locker room is talked about all the time, locker room camaraderie. In baseball, you have the clubhouse, and there's sort of these mystiques around like a clubhouse and a locker room. Sure. With baseball in the NFL, we get an interesting perspective because media is allowed in these spaces, granted, not all the time, but after games, during practices throughout the week. In college football, the media is not really allowed in the locker room at all. So just as one of the few guys who was here during the Derrick Mason era and was also here uh, for the Clark Lee era, just sort of how has that locker room changed? Um, and just sort of, if you could, just give us an insight as to what like a college football locker room is like. Because as fans, we really don't know that much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's a great question, Trevor. Uh, Well, first off, our locker room looks a lot different than it did when I first came in here. Uh, Our lockers are, uh, you know, metal and real lockers and not wood. But uh, no, it's it's super unique because, as I mentioned earlier, you come from high school football where all your buddies are playing on the team and everybody was raised in the same town and somewhat thinks the same way. And all of a sudden, you're in a place of you know, as a kid from New Jersey, California, Michigan, Texas, all over the country. And a hundred of you guys who all think sixty thousand different ways gotta come together for one common goal. And that's why football is the best team sport in the world. It's the truth. Um it's the hardest, it's the hardest sport to win at. It's the hardest sport to win at because it takes it takes so many guys to do it. Um and so yeah, just kinda life inside a college, a college football locker room. It depends on the year, but I mean, the time of year, but um, you know, in season it's, it's guys are there early and we're in meetings and it's a lot of in and out. And then the best times are, are after practice because, you know, people are relieved that, you know, the hard hitting and sprinting and sweating of the day is, is kind of behind us and it's more to the mental side. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all about building relationships um camaraderie chemistry especially between you know quarterback receiver tight end those kind of guys where they're sharing the ball and those kind of things um that's uber important and that's you know going back going back to what will said i think like i don't know i don't i don't know what's what what that's going to look like in the future because all of that and the way i was i was raised or the way i that i knew a college football locker room to be is going to be completely different now because you know you got Jimmy from you know UCF who came in here and then Greg who transferred in from TCU or wherever it is and all of a sudden you guys got to go out there and uh you know are expected to perform at the highest level in fall camp for the opening game it's just the formula to win is is so different it's so different than it used to be um but I think at the end of the day you know it, it it's still it's about the players it's about the players ability and then it's about, you know, the coaches making, uh, you know, putting those players in, in the best position to win. And, and yeah, locker room, locker room's a fun place. And, you know, as, as, as Billy was saying, that's that's uh, as I'm removed from that now, it's definitely something I'm going to miss.
2: Yeah. You mentioned Bryce Young and kind of the the college legend and kind of a folk hero that that he became sticking with the process at Alabama. I mean, that's what you did at Vanderbilt, you know, for five years, you stayed the course and you know, you stayed on campus and, and, you know, you trusted the process and, you know, you, you, you went through a couple of head coaches with, with coach Mason, yeah. Clark Lee, a lot of, you know, few, few different tight end coaches, all kinds of different coaches at Vanderbilt. So, i want to start there kind of with coach lee and, and and that culture and we'll we'll get into a lot of this of course but um initially what was what was the your first impression of of coach lee and and kind of uh the the culture that he wanted to instill and i guess how long did that take for you to warm up to him and 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 kind of convince yourself man, i i want to you know i want i want to play for this guy
0: yeah. uh before I answer this let me make sure I was not solidifying myself as a campus legend because I stick around <laughs> for five years let's just let's just set that out right I just I'm just making that clear uh Mr. Hey, but to, to, to,
2: to yeah to some vanity fans potentially
0: yeah but um no my first impression of coach Lee uh he got the job and then uh I got a random phone call from a 615 number I won't forget that on Christmas Eve. Of um, you know, whatever year he was hired, I guess that was Christmas Eve of 2020 because his first year was 21. Is that right? And uh, um
3: yeah, that sounds yeah. right.
0: And yeah, so Christmas Christmas Eve of 2020, a phone was from a 615 number. And so I let it go, you know, because I thought it was somebody calling about my car's extended warranty or something. And uh they left voicemail, hey Gavin, this is you know, Clark Lee. You need me to call? And I was like, Oh my gosh. So I called him right back and and we talked for you know, maybe 20 minutes, and, and uh, you know, just, he, he told me, he said, everything that you have previously known, I'll never forget this, he said, everything that you previously known about your Vanderbilt experience, I want you to throw it out the window, it's going to be different, and he was right, he was right, um, the way he came in from day one, I'll never forget, it was like, you know, January 7th, or 8th, or whatever it was, we were in the stadium at 6 a.m., we were in all black, uh, no Vandy logo, like Gildan shirt that you wear, like Brilla Blaze stuff, and um, he he set the standard. And since then, it's just built, it's just built um, over time. And he's brought in the staff to support him. He's brought in uh, transfers who fit his mold. He's very picky about his transfers and who fit his mold, which I totally understand. He doesn't want to compromise the culture of the program. I, I totally understand that. And then he brings in young guys who. Not only are great ball players, um, but fit his mold as well. And then the next thing you know, you got you know redshirt freshmen who are stepping into leadership roles, and that did not used to happen previously. Um, I'm fired up for what the future holds of Vanderbilt football.
3: Well, I'm fired up now too after that. But uh, uh, y- y- you had the unique experience of w- we've hit on it repeatedly leading up to every question, so I'm not going to do it again. But you went through the coaching changes. But another thing on this roster, it wasn't necessarily transfers out, but you went through three guys at the starting quarterback position. Um, And as a tight end that was kind of put into a leadership role, at least from the outside alongside Ben Bresnahan, what was that like being looked to as a leader from not an offense towards the tight end position, but a position that you wouldn't typically look to for leadership within not just the offense, but a program. So what was that like and how was that approached by Coach Lee?
0: Yeah. Hey, you guys are hitting with these questions. These are like legit. These are legit. I thought you guys were actually like, you know, what's your favorite color, but this is legit. Um, So I would say those two. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, First off, I, I totally, totally understand what you're saying. The the quarterback position comes with this aura, right? It comes with you, you walk into the room, that's the quarterback. Um, It comes with an ex with a leadership expectation. It's just the truth. And, you know, um, I think that, you know, the three guys that that I played for, at least under the Coach Lee era with Ken, Mike, and AJ, all three of them have that. It just all three looks completely different. Um, Kenny is is uh, super charismatic. Uh, everybody's great friends with him. He works his tail off. Ken, Ken Seals works his tail off. Let me just say that. And so, you know, I believe I believe Ken's still with the team, and if if he gets you know an opportunity or at some point he's he's in the game next year, I, I would be the biggest fan of, of number eight. Um, he deserves it, and he's been. in, as you guys know, he's he, his journey's been a roller coaster here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Mike Mike is is the loudest person in the locker room, probably the funniest person in the locker room. Uh, Mike Wright won us a lot, won us some football games at Vanderbilt. He did. And you know, uh, I think like future future looking wise, I think you know there was a mutual decision of where we were going with the program and what Mike wanted to do. And and honestly, like you can ask me, but I'm not really sure what that whole situation looked like. But like you know, Mike Wright want us want us games at Vanderbilt, and uh, then you know you get to AJ, and AJ is just uber talented. I I think I can't remember who I was talking to it was a media member um, during the season, but there were so many times a few, and when he first got here in the spring, last spring, but uh, this most recent fall camp where he would make a play and, you know, Ben and I, cause we were always together would look at each other like, Holy cow, that is not normal. Um, so he's a freak talent. Uh, I think, you know, he's, he is a younger dude that, that has leadership qualities. He's still developing them and trying to figure out what, what, you know, what he needs to do in order to lead an SEC team against an SEC schedule. Um, but but all the traits and the talent is there, and you guys saw. It. I mean, that play at NIU that that was that that was like mm. craziest thing I've ever seen. And the kid was like 18 years old, right? I mean, that was like Aaron Rodgers flicking the wrist and and stuff. And so um, he he can put it together. And and, and AJ's got it. Um, AJ's got it. That's probably that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, We've said that yeah, a few uh, times on here.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like we so, just didn't really know how to describe it. You know, yeah, we, that's we, 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 it. We, I mean, it's, it's,
0: you're you're totally you're totally right. You're totally right, Billy. It's like he's 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 got it, and um, he's super supportive, positive reinforcement, which is a huge deal in in Coach Lee's program, and 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 AJ's got it. And so, you know, if we can put the guys around him, we got Shep back, Q, Quincy, uh, Q, Quincy, same person, um, Jaden, um. You know, we got we got the pieces there, and and that's why I'm I'm really fired up is because now they now they get a whole entire off of knowing you know what's going on, you know presumably who's the guy and, and what can we work on. So I'm I'm fired up to see him rip it.
4: Yeah, we love to hear that. Uh, yeah, I was I was listening to uh to Will's question, and our questions are sort of along the same lines when it comes to the tight end position. So I was hoping he wouldn't steal mine, and he didn't, thankfully. Um, good, good. But just, just whenever we look at the tight end position a little bit, um, I think we can all admit here that the tight end position is a really unique position and that you're sort of asked to do it all. Um, obviously wide receivers, whenever there's a screen, they're expected to block, they're expected to block in when there's a run, so on and so forth. But for a tight end, you're expected to catch, run crisp routes, run block, pass block, um, all these sort of things and whenever we look at just your career or just your season this past year obviously caught a couple touchdowns my personal favorite was um, with about six minutes left in the third quarter of the Hawaii game Mike Wright takes off and you absolutely escort a man out of bounds on that run yeah. and that's what a tight end is expected to do you're expected to do to absolutely dominate the man across from you whenever it comes to blocking. And you're also expected to go up against these elite, fast, really big linebacker safeties, so on and so forth. So just whenever it comes to the tight end position, how, how mentally difficult is it to sort of go out and be like, okay, I need to be great at run blocking, pass protection. I need to go out. and I need to run this route. I need to bring down a tough ball. Because that's a really that's really unique to just the mm-hmm. tight end, not just the tight end position, but particularly the tight end position. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, that's a great question as well. You know, I think uh, I think that the tight end position is so unique and it's constantly evolving. Um, and so, yeah, you're you're expected to do a lot of things. That's and I, and I truly believe this, especially you know, it's easy to say now five years are removed and a guy who played quarterback in high school, you know, it's the hardest thing to do to come into a college program, especially a college SEC program and play as a freshman tight end, because there's so much, so much that you have to cover all your bases, Not only just cover all your bases, but be elite at it at an elite SEC level. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think, you know, going back to what you said about um, that specific Hawaii game and stuff, we, as a tight end room at Vandy, like, we've made that, you know, made that a pillar of our thing is is we want KDs, which is knockdowns or, you know, pushing people out of uh, taking them to the Gatorade, you know, coolers on the sideline or, 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 you know, putting them on their back on the turf. And we want we want KDs and we want TDs, touchdowns, obviously. So KDs and TDs is what we talk about in the Vanderbilt tight end room. Um but I remember it was cool. I, I think you guys will recall this when, when, uh, when George Kittle and Travis Kelsey brought all of those guys for tight end you, mm-hmm. um, to Nashville and and worked out at Vandy. Um, we were able to kind of pick, pick some minds and see some stuff. And, and I'll never forget George, uh, George Kittle said, he said, when I am blocking a defensive back, it's my job to make his day miserable. And I'll never forget that. I'll, and, and, um, so that's, that, that's what I was thinking on that play, man. I was thinking, I was like, <laughs> let me just bury this dude.
2: Also and, Shep, Shepard was just a nice oh, yeah. guy, too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, like the yeah. same time.
4: And then Mike's no, running think,
2: down the sideline. On, and, and the guy honestly, you
4: blocked wanted to come back into the stadium, and the guards at <laughs> the front were like, hey, you ain't got a ticket. You can't come back that, Yeah, That's it. He said, hey, I don't think t- we saw him the rest <laughs> of the game.
0: I don't know. I don't know. But but honestly, and I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you guys pointed out Shep, too, because – you know, that was a season opening game. We're at Hawaii. You know, I'm talking from an outside perspective, not not necessarily what we felt like mm-hmm. in a locker room. But, you know, people are wondering, okay, Vanderbilt football, what are we going to look like this year? It's year two under Coach Lee. To me, that play was – was you look it. at that play and you're like, that Vanderbilt football is changing. Because that play, like, between whether, you know, Mike taking off and being a play – the playmaking ability of Mike – you know, the the two blocks on the edge, which are two which you know don't go in the stat book. They don't. But guys giving 110% effort, like that play is like, okay, like we're going in the right direction. And I think, you know, as there may not have been a more violent play the whole the rest of the season, but you saw it in each game um as well. And obviously we were playing, you know, SEC competition and such, but um you saw it. and that's and that's why that's why I believe in, in Coach Lee because plays like that you know, whether it was Mike taking off or, or me putting the guy on the sideline or Shep decapitating the guy, like, that wasn't happening previously. And um, and so that's why that's why I'm fired up about all of it.
2: Yeah, Will, we talked that's, about it. SEC speed. I mean, that that's yeah. what I thought of, that that play and just strength, too. I mean, you plowing the guy down the sideline, Shepard coming in. Uh, but, Will, yeah. I know you got one, but I got a quick one here on the Hawaii yeah. game still. Um The video came out, I don't know if it was, I think it was SEC Network had a SEC featured type thing uh, where, you know, they showed your trip in Hawaii and they showed, you know, pregame clips in the locker room of of Coach Lee. Um, And I don't know if it was the pregame speech or at halftime. I I couldn't believe what I was seeing from Coach Lee. I mean, that was as raw uh, of an emotional, you know, appearance from him I had ever seen. And they showed it. The cameras, microphones were there um and i know you guys have definitely seen that but that was the first time i think fans got a good look at I and mean, coach lee's not just this you know kind of reserved you know type of guy he he will get in your face and 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 he'll motivate you so do, do you look yeah. back at that hawaii game and and, and kind of you know say to yourself man that that might have been a little bit of a turning point for the program
0: uh yeah that's a good question i i would say first off i think you know and i and i hear this from everybody i hear it from you know My grandparents who watch every game, I hear it from aunts and uncles and and stuff about, you know, like, oh, why doesn't Coach Lee show emotion on the sideline? Like, why doesn't he do this and that? Like, that dude is emotional as can be. I mean, he is, I, I, I think he's just so laser focused. I think he's just so laser focused when he's on the sideline. But that dude, coach fires us up and says the right thing at the right time. And, you know, he... I think what's huge, I really do think this is huge. And I think this is underlying um, is, you know, he played here. He was in our pads, in our jerseys. Like he totally understands what we're feeling at, at you know, this given moment or that given moment, whatever it may be. Um, and so, you know, you guys were able to hear that. I, I hear that every day. <laughs> um, and so, but yeah, I think, you know, going back to the, the just your question, that Hawaii trip was, was, you know, a once in a lifetime experience, you get a group of you know, a hundred guys who are you know basically best friends because we spent all day together. A hundred eighteen to twenty-two year old kids get to go spend a week together in Hawaii for free and play football. Like
1: Not yeah, sign me up
0: for that. Like, um, and so we had a blast, man, and did all types of community service stuff, got to explore the island, which I really appreciate, you know, coach um you know being so flexible uh with us doing because he easily could easily could have had us uh, you know shut down the hotel 24-7 um, it was the perfect mix of you know him understanding this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity but also you know we're here we got a job to do and so um you know, sure enough we went out there and
3: did it so we've hit you with some pretty tough questions I mean we've they've been this great though what, this was awesome yeah, like, like you said this wasn't what's your favorite food what's your favorite color so maybe I'll, I'll ease it back a notch here Uh, So I don't know if Vanderbilt fans know this. If they're listening to this podcast, they're probably pretty big fans, so they might. Uh, But correct me if I'm wrong, you played quarterback at Brentwood Academy. Pretty good. Won won some state championships there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So A, I know that adjustment was probably tough. I know you were recruited in as a tight end and had previous playing experience. But were there, now that you're graduated, it'll be a different playbook. You're gone. Were there any plays ever drawn up? to have you throwing some sort of passer and some sort of package, mm. uh, kind of like sure. the wild Gavin there. Was that ever in the playbook?
0: I'm glad I'm done playing because yes, <laughs> yes, it was. And we,
3: and we didn't uh, see it
0: and we didn't see I, it. And the I, thing that,
2: I the feel thing like we that s- sucked, maybe saw it, but maybe not.
0: Yeah. The thing that sucks is, there was and it was with like three different coordinators too so like everybody was like whoever all all the guys that we've had come in throughout the years
3: were like you know at some point whether it was this is the this is the wild card we've got yeah yeah it was like
0: it was like hey uh let's let's uh, come over here let's just throw for a second (laughs) but then after like a couple throws they're like oh you know their face all light up because they get to go up to their office and draw up a play um but uh yeah there were there were plenty in there were you know there were there were a bunch of stuff, I, you know. We just never got to them, which I hated. I was like, and I, and it was funny because, you know, of course you get, you know, I get fired up for because I'm like, you know, what if I catch a touchdown and throw a touchdown like that'd be sick in the same game, right? And so, uh, you know, I would be like, you know, telling my brother or somebody like, man, to watch of about passing touchdown like never gets called. I'm like, ah. but uh, I was
3: waiting on it your entire career, like, because yeah. I I I worked the quote-unquote i was security uh for the high school state championships i believe when you were up oh really and what yeah and once you committed to vanderbilt i was like this will be a thing and i'll see it coming and it just oh that's awesome i'm glad i'm glad i wasn't too off base uh thinking that there might be a play in the playbook there so yeah no you
0: weren't you weren't at all i i hate we never got to i will say though like there was always this thing in the back of my mind where i'm like man like, if, if they reverse it to my 6'4", 240-pound self, like, they probably know I'm not going to run like Jaden on the edge. So They may think something's <laughs> up. Uh,
2: I remember and- uh, I remember Cam Johnson had an opportunity. Uh, oh, yeah. And it, this was I, – I don't think it was a touchdown. It was against Georgia at home, um, yep. I, I think, it was a few years ago. And, and Cam, I know, of course, you guys are tight. Uh, he had mm-hmm. a chance to – you know, I think he got called back, though. I think he got called back. It was a good throw, though. And, and yeah, Cam, was a, was. Cam was a guy that I think had a good arm.
0: Yeah, That's Cam was always been able to sling it. And I know exactly what player Tom was. The season, season opener <laughs> yeah.
2: uh,
0: versus Georgia in in 19, maybe. Uh, I, I think so, but yeah. He, got it. he threw it, but the problem was he, like, touched the stars. I mean, it looked like a punt. It was like,
2: because yeah. the, the receiver was wide open
3: too.
0: Yeah, he was wide open, but the guys were able to catch up to him because the ball was in the air for ten seconds. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, Cam, uh, he had his chance, man. I
2: just wanted my chance. That's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's I didn't. That, that's I was asking because I didn't know if you were on the field at that time um, or, or not. But I, I was yeah. thinking, Gavin played quarterback at BA. Maybe he could have given given it a better chance there. But um, I'm trying to tell oh, these man. guys, I'm trying to tell them. <laughs> You mentioned AJ, uh, Gavin, and, and you know you talked about his potential, um, you know, and I think a lot of Vandy fans look back at a guy like Jay Cutler and and, and think of you know what he was able to do at Vanderbilt and kind of try to compare the two. Um, but AJ, you know, he has that that sort of it factor that it it's hard to it's hard to pin down. It's it's hard to even describe it. Uh, you know what, like for example, what we saw against Northern Illinois uh, from when he got here on campus and you know you first met him. to to where he is now um you know i don't know how much you hang out with him now still but you know when 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 he was kind of deep into the season and and you know playing for you guys uh how much did you see him grow and what can vandy fans look forward to at least you know next season uh with with him at the helm
0: yeah um he's grown a lot i mean you know you gotta think you guys think put yourself in his shoes of you know you basically you're supposed to be at your high school prom, but now you're with all these like grown men in these college practices when he enrolled early. Um, so I think when he first got here, it was like a little bit of a shock for him, but I mean, totally to be expected. Um, but he's, he's grown and, and, you know, the the best way of learning anything is through experience. And, you know, you can be, you can sit in a, you know, quarterback meeting room and write, you know, a thousand plays, what you want, uh, the best way to learn is through experience. And so, you know, he was able to get some experience under his belt, played well in a lot of games for us, a lot of games for us. Um, and honestly, I think the biggest the biggest thing about AJ is he doesn't really flinch at all. Um, you know, he came in, I think his first appearance was that was that Wake Forest game. I may be wrong. Oh, late he, in the Hawaii. In Hawaii. Late in Hawaii, yeah. yeah. Played in Hawaii, but but came in and 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 absolutely ripped it versus Wake Forest, and, and, you know, I think that's what earned him the start at, at NIU, and and he picked up right where he left off, um and so, uh you know, I think the biggest thing with him that I've seen is how the other guys have grown confidence in him. Mm-hmm. Him and Shep are super tight. Him and Shep are super tight. I think Shep trusts him. He trusts Shep. You know, Jaden, they obviously came in together, so they've always been you know, close and and Q as well, and and you know Quincy's a a, a super dynamic player. I I, I hate it because I I vividly remember him at the end of the Hawaii game when it didn't even matter, like pulled up with a hamstring injury, yeah. and um, you know it, he, had, he had a tough season because of that, and was it was always kind of lingering. Quincy made plays in camp that I haven't seen from anybody since I've been a, a player at Vandy, and I played you know with. Keyshawn and Kalaja and Pink and all those guys too and you know Q, Q would make some plays uh, holy smokes and so I, I think you know you ask me what can Vandy fans look forward to I think we have a, I think we have a really dynamic wide receiver room I do and I think we have a quarterback who is you know as talented as maybe some uh, as some people who have come before to wear the black and gold but you know We got to go out there and win it. Got to go out there and win. Got to go out there and do it. And uh, and I think they can. That's why I'm excited for them to have, you know, the reps over spring um, into fall camp and all that. Obviously, just just praying for health because that's such a such a factor in college football.
2: There's no doubt, no doubt. And he had to battle. He had to battle through a lot last year, Trev. Yeah, he
4: did. Yeah, Uh, Gavin, you were talking earlier about. there were certain plays during the Hawaii game to where you could tell that it was a turning point for Vanderbilt and two particular games. I just want to bring up in the Kentucky and in the Florida game um, as fans, we obviously have a much different experience than you guys. I mean, you guys are on the sideline on the field. Um, I mean, it's your game. It's dependent on you as a fan. There are certain plays that we see and to us in the stands or on the TV, it feels like a turning point. So like um, in the Florida game, Whenever Wesley recovered the touchdown in the end zone, to us fans, we were like, oh, my God. Like, I was there. I was like, I think, like, this might happen. On the sideline in either one of those games, because those are obviously two massive games from this season, were there ever particular plays or even moments, whether it could be in the locker room or on the sideline with your position coach, to where you were like, hey, like, we've got them. Like, we can do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. You know, I think, uh, I think as uh, you know, throughout my career, I've seen so many different games, and I've been a part of so many different games. I mean, like, guys, you forget, like, I'm like so old. Like, I was there for that game at Notre Dame. I was on the sideline for that game at Notre Dame. I w- I
2: was gonna say you. mentioned I was in the <laughs> Yeah. You mentioned Tishon. Yeah, Keyshawn I was in the stands as well. I was yeah. like, wait, you played with those guys? I I, I totally. Dude, forgot. I'm telling you guys,
0: I I I hopefully that this is all speaking for itself Billy why I didn't come back for the sixth year but <laughs> but um but no, nah, man like I've seen so many and been a part of so many games that have just been roller coasters emotional roller coasters and I cannot you know obviously if I'm going through it you guys are as well in the stands but uh you know I would say uh and, and I'm I'm glad you asked this because this is something that that we've talked about after it happened, but when it happened in person, it was it was unbelievable, and that's when uh, we scored versus Kentucky when when Shep caught the touchdown pass versus Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know Levis and and those guys get the ball back, and our defense goes out there. Uh, really, really eerie situation that's similar to South Carolina in 2021 or 2020. And there was no doubt. There was, there was no doubt that, that defense was ending the game. And if you rewind a year at South Carolina, which, which may have been like one of like most like heartbreaking tough losses ever that I've ever been a part of, um, because we what we thought at that time was that that was our breakthrough moment, and and sadly, it just wasn't written for us that day. But you know, a lot of those guys were out there on that two minute drill that when Carolina went all the way down the field and a lot of those guys came right back on the field when it was Kentucky's turn and they were like, not not this time. And even the offense, even the offense, I don't know if you guys have seen that video. but when when the offense came out the field and defense around there, Mike was yanking everybody off the bench saying, let's go yeah. like we're all up and, and if you go back and watch there's a wide view that we get you know as a team like a super wide view of each play and there's not a soul there's not one soul sitting on the bench um during that time it's I mean it's the full force of Vanderbilt football as toes as close as they can be before the ref gets mad to the field I mean there we was no doubt we were winning that game and so that to answer your question Trevor was was a um, uh, a moment for our program of, now nah, this is, this is, this is different. This is changed and it's happening right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, going to Florida, as you said, um, I I've always said this and I, and I totally believe this that college football is all about momentum. It's, it's all about momentum. Um, and, you know, you can play a team at, this point of the year and they're ranked 12th in the country and then you can play a team that same team six weeks later and they've lost four in a row. And and when when they show up on that field, it's completely different. Um and so, you know, I think us going into Florida, we were like, we had a little swagger about us. We had a little chip on our shoulder. Um and we just got after them. And uh got a little scary there at the end, no doubt. No doubt. Um but but yeah I think I think there was a sequence there was a sequence in that Florida game where uh I scored the great defense great cutback
2: by the way yeah thank you thank yeah you. that's that's exactly uh great that's exactly, great read
0: it's exactly how we drew it up that's how we drew it up in the, in the room. uh yeah they don't ask how but um <laughs> I scored the defense uh first down stop second down stop third down Jalen Mahoney interception next offensive play was Ben's 30-yard touchdown and that was like a like a boom boom punch where Florida was just stunned and I mean think about it, we had we had back-to-back offensive plays of touchdowns it was my touchdown pick next play touchdown in like in like 90 seconds Um, and so that was just you know I think something we always talk about and talk is talk but something we always talk about is like you know, we want Vanderbilt football to be the boxer that is leaning forward, never the one that's leaning backwards, leaning forward, throwing the punches. And I think that was a perfect, perfect analogy of of, you know, you, you get the boom, touchdown. And then they're like, okay, let's go answer. And then boom, Jalen Mahoney, interception. And then boom, you know, the knockout punch of, of of Ben rumbling into the end zone, which um if you go back and watch that play, I look like a little girl on Christmas morning, just going <laughs> crazy um you're on the so, sideline
3: so...
0: right no no I was out there
3: Are you I on was... the field that's one of my yeah, favorite was... celebrations was Ben Bresnahan's running off with this flex right here. yeah
1: yeah you know. yeah and so you turn know, those I...
4: defenders into his kids <laughs> yeah dude. and that's and that's
0: why is because I was actually so we we were there was like a little fake run play left and I was just like fake and fake run block and he's kind of slipped out the front side and, you know, Mike hit him and, and, but I couldn't see anything because, because literally I was like the last player and, and you know, there's 20 bodies in front of me. And so I just watched on the jumbotron. I'm standing on the field. <laughs> watching on the jumbotron. And, um, you know, I saw he stuck the ball out and scored and I, I literally jumped up and down. I was like kicking my feet together. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, that was, I think that was, uh, I don't want to call it like an arrival of Vanderbilt football, but it was just like, you know, we're here and this is it now. And, and, um, you know, let's roll. And so that's, that's, that's what they need to be taking into in
3: 2023.
1: Yeah, I will say, I, I will, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: I, uh, will I was say just going to make just... a little comment there. That was just, I don't know about a rival, but it just felt like an absolute statement like that that's That's maybe not the arrival but just an absolute statement to the rest of not just the sec but pretty much every college football fan i mean yeah that undeniably was just two respectable wins in back-to-back weeks in a tough situation that that any team uh facing a situation sitting at three and six would it's pretty easy at that point to fold it in i mean and and this team certainly didn't
0: well and i'll say this too man like we uh we we practice our tails off and that's that's because of coach the expectations of the staff i mean we're, we're in um you know we're we're three and six or whatever our record was in week 10 you know 80 percent of the country isn't even in shoulder pads anymore um we're in shoulder pads and we're going live or not live to the ground but like we're hitting and it's it's good on good like one's one offense versus one defense and that that doesn't happen, that doesn't happen in other schools, um, and so I think, you know, there's a decision you have to make as a team, is, is, is you know, is your success like a bell curve, where you're here, and you kind of hit your peak in the middle of the season, and you drop off, or is it just constant up, and up, and up, and up, and up, and and there's little dips in between, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, I, I I don't think we, you know, at, at, at Vanderbilt, we we don't have, we don't have the margins to just coast and practice in week 10. We don't. And, um, you know, that's why, that's why coach demands the best. And, and, you know, I think that's contagious to the players and captains and, and all those guys that push the standard. Cause really at the end of the day, like it is about the players, the coaches can say what they want, but the best programs are player led programs. It's the truth. And, um, and so, you know, that's why I'm, that's why I'm excited for, you know, you know, we got a lot of guys leaving captains leaving myself, elijah ben anthony like we got there's a lot of guys who had to see on their jerseys who aren't on the team anymore um and so i'm super excited to see you know what does that what does that look like next year and that's all of that is built is built right now guys it is it's built and you know there's you know it, whether it's tomorrow morning i don't know maybe because i don't you know get messages anymore Ugh, that just made me sad but uh, <laughs> uh like uh you will be sleeping. It'll be 6am and it'll be 20 degrees. And they're doing tug of war across the star V and first bank stadium. Like this is where it's built. It's built right now. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to where, what the leadership of this of this upcoming team is going to look like because that team will go as they go.
3: Yeah. I like what you it's, said there, the player led Trevor, I promise this is the last thing I'll say. Nah, Gavin, you're all good, brother. Gotta get to Trevor. Dude, you're good. The player led. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's kind of rare, like how, I don't know the right word here, but how much Vanderbilt fans fell in love and supported these guys on a team that, you know, went five and seven, didn't go to a bowl game. But I think Vanderbilt fans in general saw what you said. I mean, they saw the effort on the field. They saw a team giving it their all and laying it out on the field. And if a few things bounce a different direction, who knows? And so I think what you just said, the work definitely showed, on the outside, even if we didn't actually see those, you know, stairs running at six a.m. and tug of war in twenty degree weather, it definitely showed, and it was a different yeah. feeling from the fan base, I think, than three four years ago. Um, even though the record, you know, probably wasn't up to what the highest goal was, but I think the effort put out on the field was was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, I think too, you know, um, you know, all, the thing that, you know, is tough is you you guys only see like three hours on Saturday, four hours on Saturday, right? Like, I mean, we're we're together for 30, 40 hours a week. And, and as you said, like it felt different than it did two, three, you know, four years ago. I was part of those teams too. And yeah, it felt different to me too. And I'm the guy who's in the locker room with these guys all the time. And so, um, you know, the difference is, uh, this is going back to, you know, a question we asked a while back of like the locker room and stuff like our locker room was was unfazed and man we we had some like there were some changes was, was it mike was it aj you know is this person healthy is he is he not healthy uh you know who who are we playing this week what what's different about this week than last week like stuff changes all the time in college football that's why momentum's so important but uh we we, we never we never got off our course we never got off um you know, the end goal in mind. And and sadly we fell short. I mean, I would do anything to be, uh, you know, on a bowl stage with those guys, uh, from last year, that was the vision. That was the vision was confetti falling and, and, you know, a, a bowl trophy. That was, that was the vision that we set. Um, and sadly we fell a little short, but, um, but the standard of, of Vanderbilt football, like, like, we're in a bowl game like no more no more of this packing it up before December like no no more of that and um I think there's the right people in the right places to make sure that that happens uh and you best believe I'll be right there in the front row so
4: sort of it's me and Will are on the same wavelength he we're, we're we were we're about to be asking the same thing but this is just more of a more of a statement than anything but but like you said you guys are the ones who are up at 5, 6 a.m. doing the work, and we only get to see four hours of it, so on and so forth. But one thing that we talked about all season that was not just super evident to us but fans in general, um, it's funny that you brought up the South Carolina game. Obviously, um, that was a heartbreaking loss. um, But Billy, Will, and myself, we've all been fans all our lives. So we've seen a lot of heartbreaking Vanderbilt games. There was a point and I know we've brought up the Hawaii game a lot, but one thing that was super evident was particularly during the Hawaii game and the NIU game. The opening drive Hawaii got the ball and just marched down the field. Yeah. And me personally, I'm not I'm I'm irrational, but I thought I was like, "Oh my god, it's happening again." <laughs> and then the Vanderbilt football team just kind of came out and dragged their nuts all over Hawaii and it wasn't even a ball game. <laughs> Same with NIU, it was it was really ugly. And then it was almost like a like a switch flipped, where Vanderbilt is, took a punch, but then you guys really like thought, "Oh, we're these guys aren't even in our league." And then you saw that in the Kentucky game, and the Florida game, and even even games that you came up short. Uh, I mean, I think the Mizzou game there was a lot of fight left in the team, and so that's something that we talked about all season that even though there wasn't a bowl and I'm sure it, you guys obviously wanted to go to a bowl, but even to just us fans just seeing like that progress to where you guys would take a punch in the mouth and then you would deliver two or three jabs right back. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was something that we talked about all season. That was something that we honestly haven't seen in, in a long time. And that was super refreshing.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, um, I think that in anything, but I think it's just so it's in bold in football that your behavior is ahead of your results. Right. And so uh, our behavior and our approach to, you know, whether we were down, I think we were down 10 to NIU in the third quarter and they just had like a, like a 60 yard fumble recovery. And like, we're in the red zone up 10 and like six minutes left in the third, like it wasn't looking hot. It wasn't looking great. Um. Not gonna lie to you guys. It wasn't <laughs> looking great. But
2: uh That's what made that game so uh, wild.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. Like it's 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 the fighting spirit of Vanderbilt football. It's our behavior ahead of our results. Like we're not gonna change because of, of whatever's happening. And I remember specifically, uh they're on like the 30-yard line, they had to get backed up. We gotta stop. They they had a punt in it because we pushed them out of field goal range. Chef had like a like a 25, 30 yard uh punt return and then it was like two plays chef caught like a post or something score defense went three and out michael loose had like a big sack um and like i think kane patterson was like pounding on his chest or something and then kick it back to will we go down and 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 uh score again and like here we come like here we go and uh it's what we it's what we talk about it's what we practice in you know situational stuff and in practice and throughout fall camp and and uh Dude, crazy college crazy stuff happens in college football, man. Like crazy stuff happens in college football, and, and and Vanderbilt football is surely never out of the fight. And that's what's different. That's what's different now is because you know, like, and and what you just said, Trevor. Of you didn't exactly say this, but the term, here we go again. Like that's that's what that's what what you're thinking, right? And like that is so far, like crunched up into a ball and thrown out of our locker room It's so far gone so far gone and that was not the case um in previous years and so you know although you know people may feel that way in the stands and whatnot and and like i cannot i cannot let me just say this too like cannot say how appreciative i am for you know you three guys and everybody else a part of you know uh Vanderbilt athletics supporters of Vanderbilt athletics and, and football and, and everything because, um, you know as a fan and I'm and I'm just thinking about you guys as as fans. It hasn't been the easiest route, um, but it's a different approach. It's a different approach, and and I think that's, that I think Go that's ahead.
2: what makes that's what makes that the good moments so good. Dude, I mean, one hundred percent. That...
3: <laughs> There's nothing better than being a Vanderbilt fan and cresting over the mountain when when truly you have watched the boulder pushed up from the very bottom I, they, yeah, there's I think... nothing even comparable georgia fans they can bark their heads off and they won't even know well, 10 percent me... watching that vanderbilt team beat tennessee in 20 2016 they, they yeah. won't know it
0: and but that's let's let's just let's make it clear like that's that's the future of this program it is it is and and so you know that needs to be something as i said you know that that term that term and same old vandy that term is that is so far gone so far gone um out of our locker louder room. for
3: the people in the back he he and, just stole it <laughs> he stole what i was going to say, gonna say again. the same old vanderbilt yeah it's yep. it's
0: it's so far gone and out of our locker room and out of our building and it doesn't even exist in the people who are a part of vanderbilt football anymore and so uh that's that's what i'm what i'm trying to to illustrate to you guys about how the behavior is ahead of our results. Our behavior is there, man. And the results will come. The results will come through what the guys are doing right now. The results will come through what they do in spring ball and in the fall camp. And it's, it, you know, it, it won't look perfect in spring. It won't look perfect week one of fall camp. It may not look perfect week one against Hawaii. It may not. But like if the behavior is there, then you can build on it. Because if you're just a, you know, a solid team with talent, like how many times, like guys, you, you've seen – teams across the country who are talented and you know have 40 plus players in the transfer portal with no foundation they hit some adversity and all of a sudden next thing you know they lose however many games straight like that like it happens to teams all across the country and i'm not saying that there's some you know other places where we can improve in the portal absolutely like i'm sure that you know barton and his crew are, are all over that and they're making the best decisions for whatever um whatever it is for us moving forward but like, I think, I think that the way our program is built is, is to make sure that foundation is uber strong, uber strong. And then whoever, whoever comes on it, instead of like, you know, us kind of adjusting to him is just brought right, right into it. And, and we're stronger because of it.
2: Man, listening to you analyze these games, he'd be perfect for maybe down the road, Gavin, but kind of a, a football analyst, kind of a Dude, guy maybe, that we, maybe know, cool. I mean,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Got, those guys, got, those guys
0: have uh, those guys have the best job in the world. Could you guys imagine like someone coming up to you and being like, "Hey, uh, you want me to pay like a couple million bucks to go watch uh, Monday Night Football games like in person every week this year?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great.
3: I mean, we're recording this podcast and losing money doing it, and we're on episode two hundred one. So I think two hundred one. You guys are on episode two hundred one. Two hundred and one, boys. Right. It's an honor to be 201. Consistency. Yeah, you're you're the first past the 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 crust of two yeah. episodes. I Holy didn't think we'd dude. get there,
0: Billy, but here we are.
2: Uh,
3: no. so
0: wait so then if it's two oh one, like what? Do you guys do one every week or how does it work?
2: Uh yeah. So during football season we did uh you know we would do two a week. So we do a preview and a recap. Uh but you know now that we're in basketball and you know we're not seeing as much success. What we're, we're doing about one a week, uh, and then baseball probably one or two a week, depending on what happens. It's really kind of reacting yeah. to news and and you know different situations. Uh, but speaking of basketball, I was going to ask you yeah. about that. <laughs> I know Will, you know you you're uh, you wanted to get in there, but um, it you you tweeted about it. You tweeted about the, the Arkansas win uh, over the weekend. I'm tuned about into the Liam, boys for
0: sure. I'm too yeah, into about, the boys.
2: about Liam Robbins's performance. Of, of course, it's just a brutal blow to the team that he's out. Um, you know, we brought up the the sort of the injury curse that that has happened really your past five years. You've been a, a football player. I mean, the, the, it seems like the yeah. best player on, on, on every basketball team gets hurt somehow. So, uh, but overall with this basketball team, what are you looking forward to down the stretch and kind of see if stack and the boys can, can kind of get it rolling here down the stretch.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I promise I'll answer that. Let's rewind. Um, <laughs> Yeah. They've, they've been hit with some tough injury luck and uh, you know, one very near and dear to my heart with Darius, like oh, that is. Man. Uh, That's the worst uh, of them all. Yeah, no, it is. And, and let me, and I, and I'm going to say this and I, and I feel comfortable saying this to you guys. And and because like, I know uh, you, know, you guys have a lot of people who, who love Vanderbilt athletics and love Vanderbilt basketball, who listen to your podcast. um, You know, Darius Garland loves Vanderbilt, and he still loves Vanderbilt. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of a negative connotation because uh, something happened to him that he has absolutely zero control over. And he was at a fork in the road where somebody was standing there saying, at this side is all your dreams and however many millions of dollars. And on this side, is a college dorm room for you to go do it again. And Darius Garland loves Vanderbilt. He still does. He trains at Vanderbilt this summer. He literally brought Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, all those guys to Nashville, trained at Vanderbilt. And so, you know, for all the negative speak that there is around him, Darius, I just I literally just saw him in Denver when they played the Nuggets. I was out in Denver like two weeks ago and he was wearing a Vanderbilt shirt underneath his 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 hoodie there and um, and claims Vanderbilt every time he's announced in the NBA From Vanderbilt University and he loves it and um, so I just I just really wanted to say that because I feel like that's some stuff that I see sometimes and it hurts me and if it hurts me I know that like it gets to him a little bit because he loves I mean he made a huge decision a huge decision a really like a program changing decision sadly it just didn't really work out at all and, yeah, and there's,
3: there's been zero talk negative yeah. about about garland on this podcast yeah. between you, Billy, and well Trevor. I, I mean that's that's a very understandable decision and and i i was there when it happened yeah. and trust me i felt the air completely go out of memorial yeah. Gem that day
0: and then you know so i just i, w- I wanted to say that but then also you, know, you had him and then and then simmy uh, should too later uh Smith uh, yeah didn't didn't Aaron get hurt for like majority mm-hmm. of the year yep and they then now, now Liam, uh, just like, like what the heck is going on? Right. Like, <laughs> and, um, no, nah, but, but I think for this year's squad, like I think Liam is such a catalyst. He's such a catalyst for the team of like, there's nobody, there's literally nobody else in the conference, maybe nobody else in the country. Like, and, I mean, he, he looks way leaner, way more in shape than he has in the past. And I think it's because he kind of had an offseason where he wasn't injured. Uh, but I actually got a chance to know him and we actually talked about starting a podcast together, which would be pretty cool. But um, <laughs> he, he, I was like, I was like, what should we call it? And I was like, what about like something taller? I'm like, you're on to something there. You're on to something. <laughs> uh, but no, he's, he's, he's a great dude and he's a catalyst for the team because I think what he does is so unique. I mean, like I, nothing, just nothing fires me up more than like a kid putting up a shot and he's just like, nah, nah and just blocked it and um so yeah don't get me wrong like that that it hurts it hurts for sure and and they've just been hit with the injury bug worse than any team I've ever seen in my life um and so but no they they got it going they gotta I think if, if if Studi gets back on his groove with the threes I think my man Lee Dort the other night mm. oh yeah oh yeah I mean that I mean that game the game changed when he came in and midway through the first one, I think when the doors took the lead, um,
2: he had a nice and, little uh, reverse layup too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, I think they got, I think what, you know, what sucks is when you have injuries roles change in basketball a little bit. And I played, I played basketball for a long time. Uh, but like when, when you have injuries throughout the season, the roles change for a little bit. And so I think it takes a little longer for the team to figure it out. Cause if you got the same guys, and you're rolling from, you know, game one to game, you know, 30 or whatever it is, you know, by game 12, you know, you're, you're, you've got it figured out and you guys are rolling. Uh, when you guys get hurt, you kind of take some, some steps back. Um, and, you know, is it one guy that steps up? Is it, is it, you know, you know, a committee that, that tries to replace him? It's tough. And, um, you know, I, I, think that, I think that Arkansas win was was huge for for Vanderbilt athletics and Memorial Gym. There was some juice in there. There was some juice in there that felt good. Um, oh yeah. And there, there was some there was some juice in there against Bam the other night. It's the truth. Like there, students like, are showing students up. Students showed up. Students are showing up. Students are uh, are into it. And um, you know, I just you know, I was I kind of like you said at the very beginning. You know, Billy, I was I I grew up in Nashville. I was. I I cheered for Vanderbilt. I wasn't like, you know, running around like Vanderbilt fan and everyone's faces. But like I I was there Shane Foster senior night versus Mississippi State. Um, I was there when the Doors beat Bruce Pearl and the Vols when they were ranked number one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've seen seen that gym be what it can be. And there's been snippets, uh, you know, this year, years previous where I'm like, ooh, is that magic back to what it is? Like, is that magic? Is, is it on its way back? Because when it's there, I mean, there's nothing like it in college basketball. It's the it's it's such a cool venue, it's such a cool venue. I mean, you guys saw what Portnoy said the other night, like that, like that was crazy. Like, yeah, I'm like, why the heck is this guy at the game? But anyway, um,
2: <laughs> I was nah, there. I tried. I, I tried uh, to find him, but I I think he left. He he was there for like ten minutes and then left.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, um, but no, nah, they'll they'll get it going one way or another, and and you know, no matter what, like. I mean, I'm not going anywhere. I'll probably Nashville will always be (laughs) home home base for me. So you guys will catch me at those those games for sure.
2: You know, and guys, it's really rare. It's it's really rare to, you know, we're 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 all diehards here. You know, the the way we talk about Vanderbilt and kind of how much Mm -hmm. we keep up. Uh but a guy from Nashville, of course, went to high school in Brentwood. Yeah. Just it it doesn't happen. It's it's almost like it doesn't happen anymore where a kid grows up in Nashville and you know, kind of Vanderbilt's there and, and, and they become a diehard. It, it, so it, it feels like, you know, you, uh, Cam Johnson and Darius, you guys committing to Vanderbilt altogether and Darius still claiming Vanderbilt. Of course, Cam loved his, his time at Vanderbilt. It, it just feels so rare guys that, 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 you know, there are people like Gavin, who, you know, you know, they're from Nashville. They're not Tennessee fans. You know, they're not Alabama fans. They're not, you know, they grow up a Vandy fan and Gavin ends up playing at Vandy. So, you know, I think I think there needs to be more Gavin Schoenwalds in in the world of, of Vanderbilt Athletics and Vanderbilt fandom, because uh, we know you're gonna be keeping up with it.
0: Yeah, well I I appreciate that, man. And and yeah, I was I was I was actually I was with Cam today, uh and like like I feel like every time I see him he's like wearing a Vandy shirt or Vandy shorts or something. And I'm like, man, you've been to like two different schools now. Like don't you have gear from other places too? And he's like, <laughs> like Vandy's Vandy's still home. And and so um you know, he's, he's had a journey himself, but just like Darius, I think I, you know, and you guys know this too, man. I think Vanderbilt is such a unique and special place that like, when you experience it, you're like, dang, that that's different. It's, it's, it's different. And I, and I think that people feel that way in the stands too. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's different and it kind of captures your heart a little bit. Um, and for me a lot of it, cause I've been here for, you know, five years and grew up in Nashville and, and, um, Yeah, dude, it's been, it's been a journey, but like all my playing days at Vandy are over. I'll never stop wearing the black and gold and being a supporter of, of what we do in our university and whatnot. And and so, uh, yeah, man.
2: Trevor Trevor calls it euphoric. He calls the feeling of of watching, watching Vanderbilt succeed euphoric. It's pretty accurate. (laughs) Yeah, it's
4: it's like it's just dopamine overload, like. (laughs) Whenever, Wait. whenever you guys beat Kentucky, we did a, uh, we did a Twitter Spaces afterwards, and, and, I, threw, and I was going to call my doctor. I was I was going to call my doctor and tell him I'm throwing away my antidepressants because I didn't need them anymore. And I was just, <laughs> it was, it was electric. Dude, Watch it we'll break your heart. It will We'd... break
3: your heart in ways that are totally unique. Well, and it will also yeah. give you rewards in ways that are totally unique as well. And that's
0: <laughs> that's the that's the. Beautiful thing about sports, man. the Beautiful thing about sport because if it was always success, if it was, if if it was like you know, be boring. If you were, you know, just winning, winning all like, like I'm trying to think of like, like the Patriots when the Patriots had their little, their little, uh you know, thing with Brady. You know, they win the fourth one, and they feel good, you know, and stuff. But like, imagine. Like I'm trying to figure out, like when when someone won the Super Bowl recently it was the first time in forever. Like that probably felt way more euphoric, Trevor, than than it did for um, you know the past. I'll
3: something. say I'll say it's like I'm a Boston Celtics fan, and so I I saw a championship. Granted, you know I was younger, but it was 2008. Yeah. I saw that championship. There's something different when Vanderbilt baseball won the national championship in 2014. And when the Celtics won it in 2008, there's there was something inside of me that was just a different level of emotion. And I know fans feel it, and fans of other teams like Alabama and Georgia, LSU, they'll they'll deny it, but but everyone knows it. They're Kentucky yeah. basketball. I mean, well, they they haven't had a great run recently, so maybe they might be a little more euphoric. But I mean, there's a different level. But then there's also the depths of hell that that you go through if you really are a diehard fan and put your in our glutton for punishment and trevor and billy and yeah. gavin uh as you continue to follow uh not being as associated with the program i'm sure you'll you'll yeah. begin to experience a little more of that
0: well i also think you know what like you guys keep saying the word die hard like you're not a die hard if you're not there during the tough times you're mm-hmm. just a bandwagon and so like you know that's What, like I said, it's the, the glorious sports, it's the beautiful thing, especially about football. It's the greatest team sport in the world, it is. And uh, and I'm serious, let's just hope there's definitely more hills than valleys in the future, which I believe I really do. I really do. I believe that for football, I believe that for our, our, our whole athletics department. I do. Uh, I, I mean, seriously, guys, like I in my time at Vanderbilt, I was thinking about this the other day, my time at Vanderbilt which is five years I got here, I got there in fall of 2018. I've had uh, three different chancellors, three different athletic directors, uh, four different offensive coordinators, three different or four different uh, position coaches. And uh, so like, I, I've gotten a taste of, of a lot. Um,
3: That's wild. And,
0: and yeah, it's wild. Uh, i've got a taste of a lot but like what we got going now it's it's the best i've ever felt about it it's the best i've ever felt about it and i've got it like i said i've got a I've taste a little bit of everything um and and the way we're going now with with dr lee and and coach lee um like we're on it man and and by the time all these facilities are done i mean it'll be the best in the country like all the renderings for it are are, are beautiful and, and state of the art. And I mean, look at, you look, across, that's, and that stuff is so important because you look across the country and the most successful programs, it's the truth. I mean, people want to say it's the truth have the best facilities. um, You know, you, you bring in a 16 year old kid who, who thinks he's the best kid in the world, you know, best player in the world. And he wants, he, he wants to work out in the best, best facilities. um And so now, now that Vanderbilt is, is going to be able to provide that, and you know when a kid goes to Georgia or Alabama or in basketball a kid goes to Kentucky or North Carolina and he shows up in Vanderbilt there's not a drop off at least in his in his tour and that that is that is a huge deal it's a huge deal um and so uh yeah that's definitely something that, that I'm looking forward to uh I'm excited to see like when it's all done like I think that Justin Neely is now like a like a walking type thing so that'll be cool if that turns into like a like fanfare type thing or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, but it'll be cool. I'm fired up for
3: it. There's just so and, much potential. That there, there's yeah. so much potential there with where where it's located, and it just feels like Vanderbilt just hasn't capitalized on it. Now finally, like you said, the pieces are stacking in place.
0: And I think I think we'll like once those pieces get stacked into place, like we'll start to see it. Like we'll really start to see it with like small wins. Like you'll get a recruit of, like, you know, Darius or Simi or Aaron and Caliber, and you're like, oh like, like that wasn't something that we kind of got normally in the past, and then, like, you know, six months later or something, you're going to get another, like, it's going to be small things, and then all of a sudden we're going to look up, and, you know, I don't want to put a date on it, but you're going to look up, and however many years after it's done, you're going to be like, we're one of the best athletic departments in the SEC. And uh, it'll happen gradually. Trust me, I wish I could just be like, that would happen right now right i I
2: was thinking the other day i wish i could just fast forward five years but come back to the present time yeah building a
3: mountain with layers of paint that's what it what it's going to be and what it feels like yeah yeah no
0: dude i i i totally uh i totally feel you guys but like i mean one thing that i've come to like grow like an unbelievable appreciation of in my time at vanderbilt with all my experiences as i just announced to you guys um it's just like enjoying the journey and like seeing like where you were and then where you are now, and then really appreciating everything in between. That's kind of like all you guys were saying all y'all, about uh, like why it just hits different. Like that's why it just hits different when, when, you know, we get a huge road at top 25 road win in the snow against Kentucky. Like that felt freaking awesome. Um, And it felt even better because I was thinking about all the dog days that we were in, you know, in the past. And so it it wouldn't mean as much. It's what you said about the Celtics, man. I wouldn't mean as much if I was just like, yeah. And and it sucks, but like, you know, appreciating the journey and appreciating, you know, everything that happens from, from the worst, from literally the lowest of lows and everything in between that adds up to, you know, this, unbelievable euphoric trevor experience um is that's what that's what makes it man that's what makes it
2: man well, well you made this podcast i mean this is a tier one tier one interview guys uh one of the better ones we've ever done and you know i think fans will really appreciate you know hearing this type of emotion and and kind of memories on the season and, and the fact that you'll still be tuned in and and, uh, you know, loving, loving Vandy wearing the black and gold. So yeah. uh, Gavin, I, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, this won't be the last time you come on. We'll we'll have you on again, especially, you know, maybe closer to football season. Uh, so, uh, I really appreciate it, man. And, uh, of course, good luck with your training and everything and, and, uh, you know, stay at it, man.
0: Yeah, boys. Well, no, let's, uh, let's definitely make sure this isn't the last time because it's not like, you know, like I said, I'm not going anywhere. So like, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All you got to do is just, uh, Billy, I think you sent me your, uh, number in the DM a while back. I'll, I'll text you. So <laughs> we don't have to stop. Until DMs. Uh, but, uh, but no, like, no, I'd love to. And as I said earlier, man, I, I as much as I like, you know, during the season, like, don't look at like trying to look at the media stuff. Like you guys are always there and supporting us. And, and I want you to know that as a player, I really, really appreciate that. Um, and and what you do for our guys in our school, because you know there's there's a lot of uh you know and SEC football is king, and every single school has their you know flagship podcast or, or media outlet, and to see it run by you know younger dudes like you guys, but I mean cream of the crop, best of the best, like it's awesome. So I just want to let you guys know that I I I really appreciate that. And there's other student athletes and football, but also basketball and other sports that. I really appreciate
2: y'all. Our heads are way too big right now. <laughs> that's
3: from Mister. I'm serious. Himself.
0: I swear. I'm serious. I'm so serious, boys. I'm well, so that's serious.
2: why. That's why we we wanted to get you on, and I, you know, I we still got a lot more to talk about. We could probably go three or four, <laughs> five more hours with this, but uh, we'll let you get some rest, and uh, you know, keep keep training, man. So uh, I really appreciate it, Gaff.
0: Yeah, fellas. All right. Well, I'll be seeing y'all soon. Don't be strangers now.
2: No, we won't. We won't.
1: No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on.